All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. We're in the studio again. Yeah. And if, if you guys, if you're on YouTube, take a look behind Christian's shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not watching, we both just look behind his shoulder and there's uh, this bright knight in shining armor. Yeah. This is like, it's the most epic decor. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, be adding great. to this set great. as we go. So again, if you're not, if you're listening to this thing on like iTunes or something like that, you're missing out. Yeah, you gotta see our decor. Yes. I, I mean, we're adding to it. How yes. do you feel about the set? The, the, I'm digging it, yeah. dude. What I love the most is that I'm not in my basement, like makeshift <laughs> studio, and I could just come in and like we have this epic team here that just is. I think they're just recording us all the time. So right at some point, they're probably gonna put out. Maybe blackmail us at <laughs> some point for the things we say when we think we're not rolling. So, well, I, I don't know. I'm a believer of Jesus Christ, and I'm oh, you don't. You definitely don't say anything with the Holy incorrectly Spirit, so. ever. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about you, but my conscience is clear. Oh, <laughs> uh, which kind of brings us maybe a little bit to the topic today. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna dive into like how to live as a believer in this unbelieving world. Right. Right. And. Scripture, I think, gives us lots of reference to this. But this this became a topic for us a few weeks ago. Christian and Lucy were up in Minnesota, got mm-hmm. to spend the uh, 4th of July up in uh, beautiful Minnesota, c- cooler than it is down here in Texas. Yes. Uh, the only time to be in Minnesota. But um, got to attend uh, the church that Ash and I have been getting connected more and more in. Shout out to Zoe Church, Burnsville, Minnesota. Uh, and um, Pastor Greg has just been... I mean, he's he's an incredible teacher, and he was. We've been going through this series on First Peter, essentially, and he, he titled this "Exiles." Was this this the um, sermon series, and it really just dove into you know how to how do we operate again as believers in this world that is freaking whacked, mm-hmm. right? And it just yeah. it seems like it's progressively getting more and more whack. And how do we live this thing? How do we do this thing? Because we're we can experience persecution, you know, if we can even call it that, really living in this, in America, right? right. We don't really know what that is like, I don't think. Right. Um, but how do we continue to do this thing, but do it well through, I think, just developing that that perseverance, yeah. we'll dive into that, and really just discipline in, in true discipleship, right. I really think. Right. So um, do you want to, like, read the scripture sure. and, then, and sure. then kind of dive into it? Cool. Yeah, the, the message was great. I was very happy and grateful to see you know, the, the church that you're involved with now. Yeah. And, and I mean, great teaching pastor, Pastor Greg is. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was good. And, you know, expository teaching verse by verse. Yeah. And it was great. Um, the way I like to go through the Bible myself and the way we do it on Wednesday mornings for Bible study. Shout out to Bible study, by the yeah. way. If you're not getting on Wednesday morning, get on Wednesday morning Bible study. Yeah. Yes. Text uh, King to... Go ahead. Seven two seven four seven two three eight six zero. And if you're on YouTube, I bet we're putting that number right on the screen. So hey, hop on over to YouTube and watch this. Right, that's work for the editors. <laughs> right, right. So uh, he was teaching from First Peter chapter one, mm-hmm. verses thirteen through seventeen, and it says, "Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully." upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. And if you call on the Father 
who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Uh, there's a lot of scriptures, a lot of verses, almost a whole New Testament. You can't go too many verses in any book in the New Testament well, outside the Gospels where they're not talking about your conduct. Right. And it, it's not just about, you know, your works and, and act like this because, you know, God would be pleased. It's because, one, we're a representation of, of Jesus Christ. Yep. And we are the light in this dark world, right? We're, we're the salt of the earth. Yep. So we need to represent that in our, in our walk, but it, it blows my mind how much, um, emphasis there is on our conduct. It's like, wait a second, if we've truly been touched by God, if we've had a real encounter and I know not everybody's transformation or, um, you know, salvation is as radical as others, mm -hmm. but at the same time, salvation is salvation. Being born again is being born again. Having a new regenerated heart, it is the same for everybody across the board. They're a new person, right? Yep. They're they're a new creation. Old things pass away, all things become new. Yep. So if you haven't had that moment, then I, I could see why, you know, all right, you may struggle in your conduct. Or also if you lack discipleship in your life, because we talked about this a few weeks back, mm -hmm. um, the importance of discipleship. You know, you have that moment with the Lord and you're on fire. You know, maybe you're going to church, you're doing Bible studies, you're reading, you're praying, you're worshiping, but it's like, now what? You don't have that, that brother in your life, if you're a guy or that sister perhaps, or the mentor in your life, or, or yeah. the, the pastor, or the leadership at your church to disciple you. And you could just kind of go wayward and drift, right? Yes. So here, back to this passage, you know, verse 13 starts with the word therefore, and obviously, or wherever you see therefore, you have to go Ask back and yourself. see what it's there for, right? right? So Peter starts the first 12 verses, and he, it, it could essentially be summed up like this. Since you have been, so he's talking to believers, since you have been elected by God, you've been hand chosen, and he's given you a living hope, and it's a hope that's going to go on for all of eternity into an incorruptible inheritance in heaven. And although you may suffer temporarily on this earth, you actually have what the prophets have predicted, what the preachers proclaim, and what the angels ponder. You have salvation. You are in Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, right? So therefore, you have all this. This is what God has given you in your, your relationship, in the salvation, and the saving faith that you have. Now what? Now what do you do with it? Yep. Then he goes on, gird up the loins of your mind. It's like, okay, hold up. I mean, this is this ain't even the King James Version. This is the new <laughs> right, King James right, Version. Right. It's like, what the heck does gird up the, the loins of your mind mean? Yeah. Yeah, which is like interesting. I think we can read the Bible and quickly gloss over things. And I know we talked about this too. It's like people that want to read the Bible in a year definitely can, you know, it's something to be said about that when it comes to discipline. But I think it's so important to spend time. And I know you do this so well of just like meditating on certain scriptures for days or mm -hmm. even weeks at a time. It's like, what does that actually even mean? And, and spend some time diving into that. And, you know, um, Greg had, had really talked about this, uh, and then, you know, we've just been talking about this, which kind of spun into why we even wanted to do this podcast. Like, what does that gird up those loins mean? Because we can quickly gloss over that, and it's like, okay, it must just mean, like, get ready, right? Like, right. Prepare yourself. Get yeah. ready. Yeah, and it really is. A, it, the literal translation out of the Greek would be to belt up or to cinch up, and the equivalent, like how we would equate that is roll up the sleeves of your mind. So even mm -hmm. that's like, okay, 
get ready, like kind of roll up your sleeves. Things are about to go down. You're going to get your hands dirty, roll up your sleeves of your mind. But even with that, what, what does that mean? So, and, and what's interesting is we talk about mindset a lot. Yep. So, so the first thing that, that Peter is saying to do with our conduct is to get our minds right. Right. You know, we just talked about God gives us this regenerated heart. Right. But it's like, he doesn't transform our minds automatically. Yeah. Right. We have to work on that. We have to renew our minds. Mm-hmm. Right. That that's on us to do. Yes. We, we get the new heart. We don't get the new mind. We have to constantly work at that. So the first thing he says is get your mind right. So, um, it's really to get, um, to, to pull in the loose ends of your thinking. Right. Good. And think about that. We have 70,000 thoughts a day on average. <laughs> and a lot of them are, are not good. Right. It's just, and to really, even for the holiest of Christians, mm. it, it happens. You know, a thought might cross our mind for whatever reason. I believe the enemy does have a big hand in our thoughts. Definitely. You know? So it says to pull in the loose ends of your thinking and get rid of anything that would hinder you in your forward progress. So when you gird up the loins, so, you know, the, the, the garments that they wore back in biblical days, when they had to walk fast or they had to run, they girded their loins. They, they rolled them up so they don't trip on them. Yep. So you actually gird up the, the thoughts in your minds, in your mind, so you don't lose momentum, so you don't stumble, mm-hmm. so, you, so you could actually get going. Like I said, when we say yes to the Lord, right, we, we, we put on our... Our, our running shoes and we enter this marathon yep. and we're going to get to that here that dive more into that. But th- this whole thing is, this is what, this is who you are as a believer. This is what God has done for you. Therefore, this is how you to, are to conduct yourself. And basically what's being said in this passage is you are entering this marathon uh, of, of salvation, mm-hmm. right? You, you are to be holy for God is holy. You are to be sanctified, set apart. Yes. And, Jesus is at the finish line and whether you get saved at the age of eight or 80, you enter this race and you start running right with your eyes fixed on the Lord. Yeah. And you may have an anticipated 60, 70 years on this earth from the time you say yes to the Lord. Maybe you have eight minutes, maybe you have eight seconds. Right. You may say yes to the Lord in your last dying breath, but from whenever you say yes, you are to fix your eyes on the finish line of the revelation of Jesus Christ, the, the Jesus coming back, right? Yes. So we are to fix our eyes and not get distracted. So, mm. so Peter's saying the first thing we have to, to nip in the bud is our thoughts, our mindset. We have to make sure that our mindset is right. And I, I think that's, that's huge. You know, last week and the week before we had uh, Keenan. Yeah. Um, on the podcast and he talked a lot about mindset and when he was talking, now here's a guy who's a motivational speaker, uh, successful businessman. Mm-hmm. And the, the way he talks, you could just tell his mindset that like there's no trace of this victim mentality, poverty mindset that, that kind of runs rampant right. within the church. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and it's no wonder why he's so successful. Right. So, so mindset, that's the first thing. Yeah. Which is so I mean, before I was a committed follower of of Jesus, uh, this is what I geeked out to as, you know, in the personal development world. Um, And this is so incredible once you look at the Bible this way as, you know, a lot of us are are looking to 
all these different gurus and books and authors of like, how do I become better? How do I, you know, how do I do uh, anything better, really? Whatever it is, if it's if it's like trying to um, transform our mindset or build a business, it's like we're looking to all these different things. When at the end of the day, the Bible, this freaking book right here has, it's the greatest personal development book mm-hmm. if we are are have a mindset for that mm-hmm. and we actually break these scriptures down yeah. and it's so clear like i think i mentioned this to you man a, a week or two ago when we were rapping it's just like the which i know this but it, it kind of just dawned on me it's like man every one of these these letters these epistles is just like they're just it's clear letters to the church in different cities and basically like either encouraging them to persevere or calling them out on crap and unfortunately, like church today is a lot of just like hype and, and you know, a lot of salvation type mm-hmm. messages, cotton candy stuff, which is great. We got to lead people to salvation. But right. it, from there, that's just where it starts. Yep. You mentioned like now it's like we got to get in this race. And now the rest of your life, whether you <laughs> like it or not, is about sanctification mm-hmm. and about becoming, as eventually we'll go into here, like be, be holy because I'm holy, yeah. right? And it's like, if once we understand that, and if, if you're if you're gonna live this life as a, f- a full-on follower of Christ, like I'm sold out for this, you're gonna go through some crap, right? And <laughs> this, yeah. I, I say this a lot, it's, it's kind of hard. Like I, w- I wanna be the evangelist and tell people how, how incredible Jesus is and how transforming your life will be um, because of the hope that he provides. But at the end of the day, you're gonna go through some crap too. Yeah. But it's it's you get to, and that's the transformation that we have to mm-hmm. continually take on every yeah. single day, that we get to, and and our hope now is no longer in these things of this world and what we can get and even accomplish and do, but it's in the eternal focus that our minds ultimately be transformed into. Yeah. Right. And so, I think I mean we could go a lot of different ways in this, but this is just so good that yes, you say yes to Christ, but now get ready. Like yeah. now, now the work begins right. and now you get to prepare yourself in growing your faith. Yep. Right. And that's going to take work. You're going to have to, I mean, you're going to have to make tough decisions. You're going to have to prune some people probably out of your life, yep. some, some habits, most definitely. Right. Depending upon the age that you've given your life to Christ, like you've probably developed some bad habits. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're maybe surrounded yourself with bad people. Right. Yeah. Or, or you're just you're accustomed to doing certain things where now it's like, OK, I want to do this thing right. And I, yeah. I'm committed to this. And I mean, I can't say enough about just the impact of the community that you put yourself in. Mm-hmm. Right. And that that was obviously what helped me tremendously uh, to be discipled in this process. Right. Even just our relationship. It's mm-hmm. like you've helped me tremendously through uh, just struggles. Right. Which is like normal, normal life things that mm-hmm. it's like how do I do this thing? Yeah. And again, uh, most all of that comes back to just that community, that brotherly love. So, yeah. And and talking about struggle, I mean, let's face it, whether you say yes to Jesus or or you never do in your entire lifetime, you're going to struggle in life. One way or the other, you're going to, right? (laughs) Like life, it could be very, very difficult. Yeah. And, And a lot of times people find their way into their own difficulties, but a lot of times you're just born into it. A lot of times it's out of your, your hands and you just have to find a way to get through it. Yep. But guess what? You could be the builder that builds on, on sand or you could be the one that builds on rock. Mm. Storms coming through either way. 
So what are you building your foundation on? Yeah. On sand or on, on the rock, right? And but one thing a lot of people don't take into consideration, I mean, I certainly didn't until Lucy said this to me uh, when she was leading me to the Lord, which was a process, you know, it wasn't an overnight thing. I, I was a tough nut to crack for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, but when she started, I think before she even started convincing me that God was real, and again, she was so spirit-led as to how she did it, she convinced me that the enemy was real and that you're, you're only playing on one team. So if you're not on yeah. Team Jesus, then you're playing for the enemy. And she she told me that my arms were too short to box with the devil, mm -hmm. right? Because I, 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 would, I would blame God for my addiction, right? But then if there's an evil one that, that's in control of all the bad things that happen, well, guess what? I'm just going to fight him off the, the, these demons of addiction, right? Yeah. And she's like, no, you, your arms are way too short to, to box with the devil. Right? I was like, okay. So it, it's a real sobering thought to realize, wow, if... And there's like good people out there. Like my mother, before she came to the Lord, I would consider her a good person. Sure. She was a sweetheart, right? Mm -hmm. she, she had a tremendous heart. But I mean, it even feels weird saying this, like she was playing on the side of the enemy, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Because there's only two teams. Yep. And if you're not playing on team God, team Jesus, you're playing on the side of the enemy. So it, a real sobering thought, and speaking of sober, the, the yeah. next thing, after gird up your lo the loins of your mind, Peter says, be sober. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, you know, don't, don't get drunk. It's really to, to think clearly and be morally decisive. Yes. Think clearly and morally decisive. So again, mindset. Yeah. Right? 100%. Because think of like when, we've, when we're not thinking clearly, it's usually when we're enraged right right like somebody did us wrong and we're gonna get back at them it's like no no, no. calm yourself collect yourself and let's be sober-minded and, and being making these decisions and that comes you know some of us are more inclined to temper and mm -hmm. but that can be trained that can yeah. absolutely be uh learned it's a skill set yeah I, I really believe that that is that you can calm yourself you can collect yourself um to then make those proper decisions. Yeah. 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 And when you think of it this way, to be morally decisive, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of people say, oh, the, the Bible, oh, alcohol wasn't as strong at the time. You know, it's more like grape juice. Like, yeah. no, they, they were getting drunk off yeah. the wine, right? Yeah. And people today, you know, I've dealt with youth a lot, smoking weed and, oh, you know, weed isn't bad. You know, they're talking about alcohol in the Bible. And it's yeah. like, no, we need to be sober, mm -hmm. sober-minded at all times. Our minds need to be free from anything like alcohol, drugs, narcotics, because why? So we could be morally decisive. Yeah. If you're in a, oh, I'm just in a relaxed state because I'm getting high, I'm doing this, that. No, like that you are pushing out the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I don't ever want to be morally indecisive about anything. First right. of all, indecisiveness is a weakness in my opinion. Mm -hmm. it, and I mean, Lucy, she, she doesn't even care if I make the wrong decision. She wants me as the man, as the head of the household, make a decision. Yeah. Right. And I love that about her. Yep. It, and then there's times I'm like, Hey babe, uh, 
what are you in the mood to eat? And she'd be like, babe, just make a decision. I'm like, I'm just trying to get a feel. Like, I want to make sure that you're happy. You know, right, but right, she right. just so wants me to make a decision. Dude, Ash is the same way. Right. So here's what, you, here's what you do. You say, hey, babe, guess what I ordered? And then when they guess, then that's what you order. Oh, oh, good, <laughs> good tip. Good tip. I haven't tried one. that yet, but I just saw that the other day. I was like, <laughs> I haven't tried that. And if they're like, what, what? Like, no, you have to guess. Right. Tell me. Because they're going to say what they want. Right. <laughs> Genius. I love Life it. hacks. So. Yeah. yeah. Re- relationship hacks. Right. It's not just business coaching and, uh, you know, <laughs> spiritual mentorship here at the King's Council. Right. right. Yeah. Now sure. Ash is going to listen to this and no, I I've, yeah, can't you, do it anymore. You're I'm blowing it. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, that, that would mean that my wife actually listened to our podcast. So. Oh, she does. <laughs> well, I know she's on Bible study. Oh, yes. So yes, yes. She does that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so we have gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and think hopefully. Mm-hmm. Right. And as I just said. So to think hopefully, to if you're hopeful at, at all times, you're you're optimistic, right? Right. If you're hopeful, you're believing in the promises of God. If you believe, this is one thing that that's for certain. If you believe in the promises of God, there should be no fear in your life. Literally, none. yeah. yeah what, what's hard. there to fear? No matter what you're going through, and you look at Paul as as an example. Yeah. Right. We we just got done going through the book of Philippians on Wednesday mornings mm-hmm. and the, the whole theme of the book is to rejoice. You know, he talks about rejoicing more than 10 times in the book of Philippians, yep. no matter the circumstance. And he was, he, he was in situations that we'll never experience in this lifetime. Right. God willing, you right. know, I, I don't think we will, yep. but it is to rejoice. So to, to be hopeful, to be optimistic, to believe in God's promises and to, to keep your eyes, and the only way to do that is to keep your eyes fixed on him. Like I said, we start this race, we're running this marathon of life, our eyes stay fixed on the finish line. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, hey, I, I'm wishing my life away, I'm just trying to get through this life to get to heaven, by no means, because we're here for a purpose. Yep. And even as Paul said, he, he said, you know, for me to die would be gain, but while I'm here, I got work to do. Yeah. I gotta get my hands dirty, yeah. right? And that's what he did, but he, he stayed disciplined, Paul did, and this is what we're all called to do, stay disciplined, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, you know, seek him, seek, read scripture, study the Bible, yep. go to church, fellowship with believers. You know, I was reminded just a couple days ago, um, again, just how important it is to have a, a band of, of brothers in my life because when, when you're in the presence of other believers, who are hearing from the Lord. Sometimes you're, you're, you're praying, you're, you're seeking God out for something in particular. And it comes through, through the voice of a brother who was just in tune with the Holy spirit. And he gives you that word, you know, and it's remarkable. And I was like, good Lord, why not? Why do I think of that? It it seems like so simple and he may not even be realizing he's speaking prophetically to you, but it's just because this is who we're around. Absolutely. And putting yourself in those positions. Yeah. Right. And that comes back to just being intentional with what we're doing, like with running this race here that, yep. that we're, we're talking about. Like if you once you once you again commit your life to this now, it's like, hey, get ready, gird up your loins. We're going to go through some stuff, but we're going to be intentional yep. about this. We're going to do it together here. Yeah. Yep. So this this discipline um, after we we saw this message at, at your church. I was thinking about discipline and somebody who popped into my head was Michael Phelps, mm-hmm. right? He's yep. kind of, uh, 
old news at this point. Yeah. Uh, but unbelievable swimmer, broke tons of records. I think like 20 gold medals he has in the Olympics. Yeah, Something crazy. ridiculous. And he said that he had a five-year stretch where he trained every day. Wow. Every day for five years. And like you and I, we worked out this morning. But, hey, we worked out different body parts, different machines. Right. When you're swimming, it's like you yeah. got to be a little bored after a certain amount of time. Yeah. Every day for five years. And he ate, he would burn so many calories that he ate. I mean, it was like training to eat. On on average, a male will consume 2,500 calories a day. He would have to eat eight to 10,000 calories a day. Dude, what planet is that? Like 2,500 calories? I saw Jace just eat that in his last meal. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry to interrupt, but we're a fat (laughs) <laughs> society <laughs> people are eating more than 2500 calories a day that's true i guess maybe for a healthy yeah male. okay healthy there we go yeah but <laughs> i mean 10,000 calories a day you that, think that's a that's a lot yeah and for him to be in shape that he is, yeah he didn't have a shred of fat right, on him right i mean most behemoths are eating that but they're fat <laughs> tubs <laughs> correct correct <laughs> Back to discipline. Yes, <laughs> back to dis- speaking of discipline. Yeah. Um, if no. you're going to eat 10,000 calories, train five five years. Swim, yes. eight hours a day yeah, for five, five years. years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Tyson, you know, he's had a few screws loose, and, you know, he may not be viewed as uh, the smartest human being just because of the way he talks, but, yeah, you know, I think he is pretty actually intelligent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Um, but, you know, he would say, I don't care who you are if you're not disciplined you'll never be anybody yeah you're, you're not going to get good at anything without discipline and not say it like he would say it i can't you can <laughs> you're, you're good at stuff like that yeah. if you guys haven't listened to just t- google this uh mike tyson i broke my back and you're gonna f- listen to the most hilarious video really you haven't seen it yet oh my gosh I oh is that he goes is that when he falls off the the that, uh i don't know he's, he's literally in the I think he just won a match and he's getting interviewed afterwards and the guy's like talking to him seriously. And he's like, so like what happened? He goes, I broke my back. <laughs> and the interviewer goes, uh, I'm sorry, what, what's that? He goes, spinal. <laughs> the guy's like, you, so you broke your back? <laughs> yes, I broke my back. <laughs> just got to watch it. It's so good. Okay. All right. I don't yeah. know if it's because you're in Texas, but you, you gave Mike a little southern twang there. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to do the lisp. Lisp. All right. <laughs> I've heard you do a better Mike Tyson. All right. We'll come back That's next right. episode well, and do that. Yeah. Well, look. Yeah. You practiced tonight <laughs> on the ride home. Right. So, so discipline. So, gird up the, the loins of your mind. Be sober. Think hopefully. Right. Yep. So, all about mindset. And then goes on from there he says and where are we at as obedient children not conforming yourself to the former lusts as in your ignorance i love that like we're all mm-hmm. ignorant and we just conformed ourselves to our lust we gave into the the lust of our flesh and he says not doing this so he he says get your mind right then i'm going to tell you what not to do you're not going to go back to your old ways 
Right. Right. You're not going to, you know, return to your vomit. You're not going to go back. You're not going to backslide. And I can't stand that when you talk about backsliding Christians. Right. Right. Backsliding. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, if you're back, how far do you have to backslide before you're no longer a Christian? Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I think that is back to just this mindset of like, nah, I'm going in and and I'm, I'm running this race now. I'm committed to this thing. And you have to choose discipline. I think people have to understand this. It's like, if we only do things that feel good, which is, this is what society is, right? And why we are big fat behemoths, as I mm-hmm. mentioned. It's like, we're only doing things because it feels good and we're choosing not to do things because it feels hard. Like, no, 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 we have to do hard things. Yeah. And that's just part of having the discipline, whether it's eating well or working out or uh, running our businesses or uh, just being people of integrity and people of our word, right? This is a, a huge thing. Just, just you can do this in the simple everyday tasks. Like Ash and I, we do not enjoy taking Ellie to swimming four days a week, mm-hmm. right? But we, she made the commitment and, and there's plenty of times where she just doesn't want to do it. But you have to, especially if you're rearing children, you have to, they're going to do what you do and you have to lead by example. And that's part of making disciples is being disciplined and doing the things that your flesh doesn't want to do because it's tired or it's laid out or it's cold out or it's raining or it's who cares. Yeah. You made the commitment. So are you going to do it or are you going to backslide? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So what I was just thinking here, what just hit me as after I said it. So he says, live as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to your former lusts, right? Mm-hmm. So as obedient children, just made me think of Ezzy, right? Because he's three years old yep. and he, he, he tests us, right? He's three years old. So he tests us to see what he could get away with. Mm-hmm. And when we, we ask him to do something, hey, as you're going to take on the potty, you know, yeah. poo-poo on the potty. No. And he knows not to say no, but he tests us. All right. How defiant can I be? Right. Yep. And he'll say like, no. And then Lucy has a little ruler. Right. And he knows if the ruler comes out, he might get a little pop pop. Yeah. Right. And, and, but he'll, he'll say no. And he'll like, he'll like punch the couch. Yeah. And then I'll be like, as he, and be like, no. And then he'll kind of hit it less. <laughs> Test it. Be like, as he, gonna get the ruler and he'll look and be like no and like a little hit right just so he's <laughs> testing and th- this is why uh, man it, it it hurts sometimes to discipline your kids be, but you gotta do you it got to i'd rather discipline him now i'll i'll mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tap that tail with the with the ruler right, right now when he's three so from the age of, hey, maybe when he's 13, 14, 15, 16, he's like a good kid. He's a, a, an honorable kid. He, he's an obedient kid. Yep. He's a respectful kid, uh, that sort of thing. But yeah, so not giving in. And that's just his flesh, you know? And, oh, yeah. And, and I mean, the Bible says we, we all, we're born with these wicked little hearts, right? Right. right. And all you need to do is be around a kid who doesn't want to go poo-poo on a potty <laughs> right. to, to see how like defiant we, we naturally are as the fall of Adam. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And that's so good. I mean, that's just, again, teaching discipline and understanding that, listen, you don't, I don't, it doesn't matter what you feel like doing or what you don't want to do. Yeah. We've committed to doing this. Even as parents, like your job is to 
discipline to disciple your children. Yeah. Whether you're, whether you think you're doing it or not, you're doing it one way or the other. You're planting those seeds and how to, you know, live correctly, operate correctly. And which I think obviously just is part of the problem in society today is that just has gone for the last few decades, just out the door. Yeah. It's like we're, we're, we're consumers and we're, we just want more the easiness of things versus actually choosing to be disciplined. Yeah. Right. You know, not just in our faith, but in, in all walks of life. Yeah. And with discipline, you could train yourself to be disciplined. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I saw something years ago, a guy giving a speech, I think he was like a retired military guy. He was speaking at a, I believe a college graduation and he said the most. Oh yeah, dude. He wrote the book "Make Your Bed." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great speech. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Started by making his bed every single day. Yep. It's a great book. Easy read for those that want to listen to it. Right. And even think about that with military guys. You know, uh, we've mm-hmm. been rapping with with Eric here in the studio yeah. last couple of days. Former military guy. And think about how disciplined. Like you could tell five minute conversation. You could tell how disciplined he is. Yeah. Right. And you Absolutely. think everybody, a lot of people go to the military because they don't know what to do with their life or, right. or they, they're, they're, they're goofballs. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they don't know what to do. So they go to the military and all of a sudden they're these disciplined warriors. Yeah. So they're, they're taught that and develop these habits of discipline, mm-hmm. develop them. If you don't make your bed, make your bed, yes. you know, teach yourself how to be disciplined because you think that. If you can't get up and make your bed, then what you think you're going to get up and spend time with the Lord when you actually have the enemy, the adversary who's doing everything in his power to steer you away from the Lord. Yep. You think if you can't will yourself to make your bed, you think you're going to will yourself when you're you're going against spiritual forces now. Right. No chance. It ain't happening. No chance. Right. No chance. Right. Unless you're abiding in scripture. I mean, if you even just think about uh, how Jesus was tempted uh, so many times over and over again, he just literally kept just repeating truth back to the enemy of just like, no, this is what it says. This is what it says. This is what it says. And it wasn't reliant on just his discipline in doing it, but it was reliant on truth. Yeah. You know what, what scripture actually tells us. So, right. It's good, man. What, yeah. What's next on this? So he goes on and finally he says, um, you know, be like the Holy one who called you be holy yourselves. Mm-hmm. Also, and this is the kicker. This is the convicting one. I can't read half a passage in scripture, scripture right. without getting convicted some sort of way. He says, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. All of it. I can be holy in all my behavior. Not just when I go to church. Not just in my quiet time yeah. with the Lord. Not just, you know, <laughs> when I know God's watching. I got to be holy at all times of my behavior. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Mm. You shall be holy for I am holy. We, we are created in his image, right? And think about this. I want Ezzy, I want to be somebody that Ezzy wants to grow up to be like, right? But yep. I, I want him to look at me like, I want to be like daddy. I want to be like daddy. I want to be like daddy. Well, as children of God, do we really want to be like daddy when it comes to holiness? Right. We, we, we try not to, we, we try to pretend God's not watching every second of every day. He's not omniscient and he mm-hmm. doesn't know everything. Yep. Uh, kids do it all the time. Lucy used to say to the kids all the time, you could 
you could get things by me. You want to lie to me? You want to sneak around? And not that they were bad kids and doing this all the time. Mostly Isaiah we had these chats <laughs> with. But <laughs> it was, guess what? You may trick me. You may get something by me. But he's the one you got to worry about. Right. And Lucy had the real real knack for putting it in such a way that just struck the fear of God in them. Yeah. But it's reality. At, at the end of the day, if if mommy and daddy, fleshly mommy and daddy aren't pleased with you, it's like, okay. If they are, they aren't, okay. Yep. But if he's not pleased with you, then you, you're going to feel it. Yeah. And that comes back to, I think, the episode we did a couple months ago maybe just on that fear of God. Yep. And really understanding that that even even when we look at it as as we parent now it's like yes we want to love uh but to truly love is to hold have accountability and correct ability if that's even a word right like mm-hmm. i think i said this last week too in one of the keenan episodes it's like so many of us want to be accountable for things but so few of us actually want to be corrected right it's like yeah hold me accountable and it's like okay well what happens if right <laughs> right like let Let's actually correct this thing. Yeah. Maybe maybe a few adults need some pop pops with that ruler. <laughs> right. We have Lucy pop pop control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She brought up the church last night. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Vince, one of the pastors there, he's like, uh, why does Lucy have a ruler? And he, he's like, I actually know. Right. My, my dad carried around a ruler too. <laughs> my mom's was the wooden spoon. Mm, yeah. What'd you get whipped with? Anything? Read too good. No, my mother, she, uh, you know, much to the chagrin of Lucy, she, uh, Lucy thinks I should have got more beatings in my life. Of course. Uh, my mother, no. My dad, I think I mentioned this at some point, my dad would grab a little piece of hair right there, like right above your ear, and just pull that. Oh, snap. Which was like your disastrous. Hair. Yeah. Okay. And my father, I had an older, I have an older brother. He's a half brother, same father. And he's. I don't know, 15 years older. And I remember when uh, he he was living with us for a period. And I remember hearing my dad beat the ever living crap out of him. Right. He was a knucklehead. And yeah. he, he was like, I think he had stole stolen somebody's car. And sure. But because my father was a cop in a big city that we didn't live in the city where my father was a cop. But my brother never got in trouble because of my dad. But my dad would handle things at home. And I just re- remember hearing that. I was like, I don't want none of that. (laughs) So I don't think I was ever bad enough to do, to get that type of beating from my dad. Yeah. And I, I I like that. Like I, I think my dad would prefer to just be feared than to have to actually hit me. Right. (laughs) Right. Oh yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I think with, with Ellie, like she is such an empathetic child that, I mean, if I, if I just looked at her, in a way that wasn't a normal daddy look, she would be crushed, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think that's where children are. They're, they're all going to be different in, in how we're, they need to be disciplined or uh, raised. But, um, yeah, so just be clear. We're not advocating beat your children on this no. episode. <laughs> yeah. But if you, had, if you got to, hey, yeah. no, no condemnation on, on my end here. <laughs> yeah, spare the rod, spoil the child. There we go. Right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's biblical. Yeah, biblical. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's yeah, good. It's funny sometimes because if you don't know Lucy, my wife, she is a black woman, and uh, you know when Ezzy's acting up in public now, right? If we're in like an all white area, 
I'm like, oh, God, somebody's going to call the cops on Lucy. <laughs> like, let me get over by her real quick. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. That's yeah, it's real life. It's real well, life. I think it's because she takes off her sandal and chases him around. So. Yeah. yeah she, she could get, I mean, she doesn't do that. Totally I mean, kidding. Yeah. I mean, Ezzy, she's actually, I found myself to be harder on Ezzy now than Lucy. Yeah. And Lucy, I mean, with, with our older four, you know, I came in the picture later on and Lucy, she was the disciplinarian because she had to be, sure. she was the only one. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to be great. As he's going to love me, be terrified of Lucy. That's going to be my boy. <laughs> right. Right. But no, like Lucy has such a soft spot in her heart for, for Ezzy and, and for Lucy, part of it is she's almost getting a second chance at mothering with, with Ezzy because mm. she was just working out of survival mode raising the, the sure, older four. Sure. And there are things that she would definitely do differently. And, um, you know, so she, she's making sure that like she's doing it right. The, the way God wanted her to do it with Ezzy and in that she's got just a, a soft spot for him. Yeah. Right. And with me, I'm like, and at first I was, I was the one that prevented the sleep training because we would put him in the crib and he would start crying out and be like, Babe, I can't take it. Get him out of there. Right. I, I had such a soft spot because right. I had never gone through that phase with the older kids. Sure. And now I'm like, uh, the, the boy's three. Right. And he knows, you, you know, as you know, oh, he's yeah, smart, yeah, smart. So, and I just explained how he, he tests me. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, uh, that's not going to fly. But at the same time, I don't know single person, like a godly, person who had a godly parent disciplining them in that regard i don't know one that doesn't respect the heck out of their parents right yeah absolutely even though like you're gonna have to you're making tough decisions in the moment yeah and at the end of the day you have to i think that the hope even that i think this uh these verses some of them even just talk about it's like it's the hope that or what's there for it's like the salvation that we have and we know what we're doing is for a greater purpose. It's for something far more than just what we're seeing and doing on this earth. Right. So that's right. good, man. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we could get into the holiness, but I mean, at the end of the day, holiness is a podcast in itself. Oh yeah. Yeah. Know, How would you, let's, let's put this in like a 30 second to 60 second, like recap of these verses that we just went through. God has called you. You, you are, you are hand chosen by him. Mm -hmm. You, you've received them. He's in you. You're in him. Right. Yep. And because of that, because of that grace that God bestowed upon you, this is now how you're to live your life. You are to get your mind, right? You are, yep. you are to gird up the loins of your mind. You are to make sure that there's nothing stumbling you, that there's no distractions, that you are to, to think clearly, that you're to be morally decisive, mm -hmm. that you are to, to, to think hopefully, Right, that you are to fix your eyes on Jesus and you're gonna run towards him. You're not gonna look at things that are behind you. You're gonna press on towards the mark, right? Yep. And you're not gonna go back to your own ways. You you've been set apart, right? You've been sanctified. Mm -hmm. You've been taken out of this world. You are you are now light in this world. You you were once of darkness, but now you're of light, like like the scripture says. Mm -hmm. Right? And because of that, now you are to be holy conduct yourselves in a holy manner because your creator, the one who died on a cross for you, he is the ultimate example of holiness. He is holy. Therefore we should be holy. We should be as Christ-like as possible. And really 
you know, you get into Isaiah six where Isaiah has the, the vision of the, of the seraphim and, you know, yeah. all the wings and they put the, the coal on his lips. And at first he's like, what was me? I, I am undone. I'm unclean. You know, when he, he's just in the presence of the Lord. But then when, when his mouth gets touched by the, the, the coal and, and he's cleansed, right? He kind of has this touch yep. for, of holiness. He, he's like, God, pick me. I, I'm your guy. I, yeah. I'm ready to serve you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I would say the, the purest example or the, the clearest definition, it's not a great one, but I think to be holy is to be as Christ-like as you possibly could be yes. here on this earth. Yep. Yeah. Which is it. We know that it is, that's impossible. Right. Right. But that's part of this sanctification process. And, and the only way again, that I've been able to do that is surrounding myself with those like mindsetted believers, um, having, you know, continued conversations with, with Ash and, and making intentional decisions on how we're going to operate our lives. Like yeah. this is the new standard. These are the things we're cutting out. These are even the relationships we're cutting out. Cause we used to, we used to be the party house. Like it was every, like everybody was at our house every single weekend. And when we stopped doing those things, we obviously lost some friends. Right. Yeah. And that's quite all right. Right. Cause we, we've now chosen this, this life. Yeah. And, and that's what it, a lot of it boils down to. It's like, are you going to choose him or are you going to choose the world? Right. Right. And the, the purpose for this isn't so we could just be pleasing to God in our actions. This is so we could actually take territory for the kingdom of God. Yeah. So we could be the light in this dark world. Uh, we probably wrap it up with this. Um, so Robert Louis Stevenson, the, the author, right? 19th century author wrote treasure Island. Um, mm. So when he grew up in Scotland, every night, uh, men as, as the sun went down, men would would go and light the street street lamps, right? Okay. And can you imagine like before electricity is just pitch dark, and these men come and and they light the lamp and poof, right? Sure. And the the story goes that when he was a little boy, um, he would he would be fascinated by it, and he would press his face against the window, and his parents asked him, you know, what are you doing? And he said, I'm watching these men punch holes in the darkness. Mm. So that's what we're really called yeah. to do. Punch holes in the darkness. We are the light. We are to punch holes in the darkness. And what happens when when there's light? Darkness has to flee. Yep. It has to flee. So we are to conduct ourselves. We are to be holy. It's not just, hey, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, we just live the way we want to live and we're heaven bound and we'll cross that finish line into heaven someday. Amen. No, we are to now fight for every unbeliever that's out there. You know, think of before you came to salvation, before I came to salvation. What what if Jesus had returned? You know, and we were just Mm -hmm. living in our sin. No, like that. When I first got saved, I I was like, this is great. I'm going to heaven. When I got into scripture, I started reading. I'm like, I can't wait for the rapture. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it happens tomorrow. Right. 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 <laughs> I'm actually yeah. talking to God like, God, let's do it tomorrow. I'm ready. <laughs> right. And then God spoke to me and he said, what if there was somebody out there, you know, a week before you came to know me that was praying for the same thing and, and yeah. it happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh, right. And I know we're, we're to be praying for the, for Christ's return, but, Man, if he if he's gonna tarry and and not come back today or tomorrow or another hundred years, 
me, I, I can't speak for the rest of the Christian church, but I know for me, I'm going to do everything in my power to punch holes in the darkness and to bring others to light. Mm. Love it. Punching holes in the darkness. Yeah. That's what we're doing here at the King's Council community. That's right. So if you guys haven't uh, joined that yet um, or even just want to know more about it, go to joinkingscouncil.com. Right. right? Joinkingscouncil.com. And uh, check us out. We do lots of this free stuff to be a part of. Uh, we have three different divisions. Also, discover, develop, deploy, depending upon where you're at in your business. Maybe you're not even in business yet and you yeah. want to start one. We got a program for you. Yeah. It's called Discover. Uh, if you're in business and you're operating, you're like, I think there's a next level. We got develop. And if you're already doing a, you know, seven, eight plus figures, we have a, an incredible, uh, call it almost like just a mastermind group, uh, which we're calling deploy, which really the whole point of us uh, being intentional at making money, doing it well, is to steward it well. And mm -hmm. we are deploying funds for the kingdom of heaven, advancing that on this earth right here, right now. So yep. join kingscouncil.com and we will see you guys on next week's episode. Peace. Hey guys, if you're digging our content and want more, then join our community at joinkingscouncil.com or simply text the word KING to 727 472 3860. Go, 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 go.